something about fixing the police. Uh, whatever. I made this episode without listening to it, so I can't do an intro that applies to it. So that's what's coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. And I think this stuff is from about April 2021. That should be pretty close. So I've been listening to people talk about police killing black people, you know, how they can't stop talking about it. I guess I can't either. Um, and they're like, oh, there's so many things we need to do. Right? I, think, I think Biden was like, yeah, we need to really work hard. But, you know, they don't very often um, specify what they're going to do. I mean, I'm always listening. I'm always like, as soon as someone says, we're going to work hard to change the police, I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? There's not too many ideas. There's defund the police, which, like, oh, well, we didn't mean defund. But anyways, that one doesn't doesn't really mean anything. So the one that I am hearing the most, I would say right now, is ending qualified immunity. Now, what is qualified immunity? I don't know. Like, I watched about 15 minutes of YouTube videos of people explaining what qualified immunity is. And after that 15 minutes, I still, you know, can't give it a succinct explanation, but I guess I will try. I mean, long story short, it's if a cop does something, you can't sue them. You know, if, if whatever. If you don't like what a cop did to you, you can't sue them in, like, civil court. And then if you win and they lose, you know, you take away their house or whatever, take away their pension, all that stuff, take away everything. So people are pretty much left suing like the city, you know, like George Floyd, right? He got, George Floyd's family got 27 million from Minneapolis, but they didn't get any money from uh, Chauvin. Now it's not impossible to sue a individual government worker because qualified immunity actually works for I think DMV, everyone, every every government worker gets qualified immunity. It's just no one cares ex- about it, except in the context of the police. And so kind of what it means is, the way they say it is like, the cop has to know what they are doing is against the law. And the way they decide if a cop should know whether or not what they are doing is against the law is, has a cop been prosecuted and found guilty of whatever it is they're doing. Has another cop had that happen to them in the past? And so therefore, then every cop after that date should know that what they're doing is illegal because it was illegal in that one case. So that's the, you know, that's the legal rigmarole. But basically it just means you can't take cops, sue them in civil court and take away their house and their pension. Okay, so let's, let's see what I think about what happens if you end qualified immunity. So if you end qualified immunity, now it's more like malpractice insurance for a doctor, right? You can sue a doctor, but you don't actually take away the doctor's house and pension. You, uh, you, it means the doctor pay, you know, doctors pay like a hundred grand or I think, you know, anesthesiologists pay like $400,000 a year for insurance. Cause that's the most likely to kill you kind of doctor just cause it's a hard job, not cause they're evil. But anyway, so what that means is that police will have to have malpractice insurance of some sort. And, you know, obviously, like, the doctor, the doctor is still rich, even though he may be paying, who knows, a half million dollars in malpractice insurance. The doctor's still rich, so it doesn't mean, you know, it ain't gonna be like a cop making $50,000 is paying $10,000 a year in uh, cop malpractice insurance. That'd be, you know, what name will we call that? But anyways, it just, it'll just be part of the job. Like, you know, you get paid 50 grand, you get... 
10 grand worth of pension, you get 15 grand worth of health, health insurance, and you get 10 grand uh, towards your police malpractice insurance. That's, a, I mean, that's the good way of doing it. You could just say, we'll pay, you'll pay your mal, you know, we just pay for everyone's malpractice insurance. But the good way would be like, here's the 10, here's 10 grand for it. Now you have to, just like doctors, it's like, if you're an anesthesiologist, you want to keep your number of deaths low to keep your malpractice insurance low, you know, lower than it has to be, or lower than higher. Lower is better than higher. So what that means is that cops would then be incentivized to keep their malpractice insurance low. And so, like I think Derek Chauvin, I never heard the average number of complaints against a Minneapolis police officer of, you know, however many years he worked there. But I did hear that he had a higher than normal amount of complaints. So it's going to incentivize police to keep their complaints low, you know, keep maybe the number of people that they shoot low. Uh, because if they have to pay for them themselves, you know, like say you give you 10 grand and, you know, you keep your nose clean and your insurance is only eight grand, like boom, you get to pocket two grand. Sweet. Okay, but now let's talk about some of the downsides. I tell you, every one of these things that every one of these bright ideas people have like the downside is always going to hurt poor black high crime neighborhoods in my opinion but anyway so let's look at some of the downsides so the first thing is so the insurance is going to be higher for cops in high crime neighborhoods like you know if you're a cop in some rich neighborhood right there's no crime there like how are you how are you going to make a mistake when there's no crime you show up to get a cat out of the tree and you just say, you know, you say, hey, ma'am. And they say, nice to see you, officer. So anyways, they're going to have very low insurance. And very little opportunity to make their insurance go high. And therefore, you know, get penalized uh, economically. So basically, cops who are able to move from these high crime neighborhoods are going to do it, right? I mean, they already do that. I think it's like, you know, if you teach it like a real bad school, you do that for a few years. And then you try and go to a nice school if you can. So, you know, so every cop is going to be probably trying to get out of the high crime neighborhood where they can get dinged and have a high insurance. Because here's the thing, like, you know, well, you have a high insurance when you're there, but then when you move, it's okay. That's not probably true because, you know, if you get, so, if you're in the, you know, you're, if you're in the worst neighborhood of Baltimore and you get a bunch of complaints against you because every cop does maybe, or you get, you know, every cop gets 10, but oh my goodness, you got 12. Then now when you move to the suburbs, insurance company knows, oh, you're known for having more than... The average number of complaints whereas if you start in the suburbs there just are no complaints and so you don't have to worry about it so basically good cops are going to leave the bad neighborhoods and if you can't get a job anywhere else you know if you're if you're such a bad cop that no other place will hire you then you go to the bad neighborhood it's just like bad teachers in ba bad neighborhood schools i mean it's gonna be the exact same thing plus they got the cop union just like the teachers union right it's just so anyways Poor neighborhoods, they're going to get bad cops. It ain't going to fix none of that. It might make them a little more, you know, they're not, whatever. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be more hesitant to use force, basically. But that doesn't necessarily make a neighborhood safer because you're really trying to make a neighborhood safe. You're not trying to stop the ultra rare, you know, shooting of an unarmed person. Okay, and then the other thing that's going to be bad for poor neighborhoods is Paying for this malpractice insurance is going to be coming out of the police budget, is my guess. So, like when George Floyd, when the F George Floyd family got $27 million, that came out of the general fund of 
the Minneapolis city, not out of the police. But this insurance is going to be coming out of the whatever part of the budget goes to the cops. So you'll probably be able to, basically, policing is going to be more expensive because before, a bad cop was paid for by the city. Now, bad cops are paid for by the police force, which is going to have the unintended consequence of them not having enough money. They're going to have less, you know, it's going to be like defending the police. There we go. They're going to have less money for, for, the, for police to police the poor neighborhoods because it costs more money now. Anyways, you get the idea. And, you know, this stuff is hard to predict, so... You know, what I'm saying here, that seems pretty common sense to me, but it could be that it works out a different way. You could, you could finagle the finances of it slightly differently, uh, you know, somehow take money from the suburb cops and give it to the inner city cops, you know. You know, you could do all sorts of stuff like that. Okay, thanks for listening. All right, I just heard another idea. Some guy, he was on Tucker Carlson. I did not watch Tucker Carlson, um... Someone who hates, I was listening to a podcast of a guy who hates Tucker Carlson, so he's playing a clip. And I don't even know what happened with Tucker. I stopped after hearing the beginning of the clip. But Tucker had some sort of cop on there. And the cop's idea was that in the NY, let's see, anyways, in the New York Fire Department, some of the fire department people are trained EMTs as well as being firefighters. So his idea was that some cops should also be trained EMTs as well as police officers. So he was, this is in the context of George Floyd. So, you know, they would have known, whatever, they would have had a better idea what to do medically if uh, one of them had been an EMT. And uh, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. That sounds like a good idea. Now, you know, in New York, I think a cop makes like a hundred grand, just a beat cop probably after a year or something. So I'm sure if they have the, they're also trained as an EMT. Now they're going to cost 130 grand, but uh, you know, having good police ain't cheap. So if you're willing to pay the money, people, there's one option. I looked up how much New York City cops make. It's $85,000 after five years. So a little less than I said previously. So if you think that the lives of black people are important, then you should care about the data and the evidence. Because the way to solve a problem is to know what causes the problem so you can fix it and if something is preventing you from looking at the causes or looking at it from all angles then you're not going to solve it and there was a cute as a button little seven-year-old black girl jaslyn adams who was shot in a drive-by the other day and it did make a little bit of national news because she was so extra cute and so young, and it was so tragic, but they're not going to let that be like a major narrative, but that's the, that's the real kind of, you know, murders that need to be stopped. So that's why I like to try and delve into the data. I'm starting to hear people say the stuff that I've been saying. I guess I've been saying it for three months. It's not like I've been saying it for years, but, uh, I'm starting to hear people say that, you know, Black Lives Matter has gotten 2,000 extra black people killed. And to a lesser extent, I'm hearing people say that every race is killed proportional to the amount of violent crime that they commit. And, like, that's... People need to say that more. You know, if there's, like, some sort of debate, that should just be the opening sentences, those two facts. And, you know, you can look them up, so that'll really mess up your uh, opponent in a debate. But I'm hearing the people who, you know, say those things or kind of say those things, 
um, they're saying another thing, which I don't think is true, and that they're uh, they're saying it's the 2,000 extra dead black people is because of the Ferguson effect. So the Ferguson effect, which I don't think it's ever been proven to be a real thing necessarily, it may be real or not, but um, that was in Ferguson, Missouri, St. Louis. Um, I think Michael Brown or whoever was killed, and there was a bunch of riots, and then the police pulled back a little bit. Like, if they got a 911 call, they responded to that, like always. But normally what cops do is maybe they have, like, a, a, a route. And they, you know, they just go from, like, this corner, you know, this street corner to that street corner, uh, you know, where it's known to be drug dealing or known to be shootings or whatever, and they just kind of, they go by while they're working, you know, if they're not busy with something else, they go by to see what's going on and to also be seen by the people there, which is, you know, both of those things are supposed to uh, reduce crime. So people are saying that's what the cops are doing and that is why there's so many more murders, you know, 35% or whatever more murders this year. 1,600% in Portland, Oregon, I think so far in 2021. Or maybe that's the year ending right now. That's probably what it is. Anyway, 1,600%. It's like, it blows away every other city. Because they didn't have very many. And then they have a bunch. But anyway, so... The top 70 cities... top, The largest top 70 cities... Are the cities where they've had... You know, this increase in murder rates. And... I don't think it's... I don't think it's caused by the Ferguson effect. Because I don't think every one of those... 70 cities, like, the cops are pulling back. You know, like, some of those cities are having crazy riots. And some of them ain't. I mean, you know, top 70 cities. You know, you're getting, like, whatever. I don't even know the name of the 70th city or the 69th city because uh, it doesn't come to mind because it's, you know, these are small places. So the idea that cops changing their thing is making every single city out of the top 70 have a whole bunch more murders, I just, I, I, I am pretty sure that when they study this stuff in the future... And have the results of a study, that ain't going to be the case. Some cities have the cops pulled back. Some cities did not have the cops pulled back. But all cities had a huge increase in the murder rate. Therefore, you know, the thing that causes it is not the cops. Now, it could be that people perceive the cops to not be around. You know, like, say, you know, say your girlfriend's ex-boyfriend has been sniffing around, you know, for a while, and been wanting to kill him, but, you know, you don't want to get go down for murder. And you might be like, well, you know what, I heard the cops are not here, you know, whether or not they're there or not. But, you know, you might be like, oh, I heard the cops ain't around, so, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get that guy before he uh, sniffs around too much. So it could be the perception of the Ferguson effect. Now, Robert Cherry on Glenn Lowry, he said it was, well, he said it was that, uh, Young black men are getting up on the wrong side of the bed. That the media stories about the cops and the narrative and whatnot, he didn't explain exactly, but just, you know, basically, you, you know what's happened since uh, May 2020. So whatever that is, he, he, he his idea was that it's just puts you in a bad mood. You know, it puts you in a little bit more of a bad mood when you get up. And then if someone, you know, steps on your foot or whatever, uh, you're just more likely to go off on them. And if just, if everyone's just a little bit more, uh, sensitive to disrespect or whatever, or yeah, sensitive to disrespect, then people will get killed.
and that's something to mention. Um, it used to be that, like, you know, like gang, they call them gang murders, but it used to be a gang murder was like, this is my corner to deal drugs, and uh, if you come around here, I'm going to kill you because this is where I get my money. But anyways, murders today are not gang-related, I think. I'm not sure. This is something I'd like to know more about. I think maybe Hispanic gangs do the drug dealing today. So, you know, if there's any, like, pure money, drugs, murders going on, it's going to be with them. I think uh, kind of like Hispanics, you know, took away the jobs from black men uh, in construction and, and the agriculture. Well, I think they also did that in drug dealing. So anyways, so a lot of the, the murders by black men are caused by personal beefs, basically. Disrespect, or, you know, maybe someone kills your brother, well, now you got to kill them, stuff like that. Boy, I heard once, I heard a stat on how many, how many of the murders involved a girl, and I can't remember what it was, but I think it was something like 50%. Like, you know, so girls are a good thing to kill other people over. So to get to uh, my final point, cops aren't racist because they don't kill black people disproportionate to their amount of violent crime. So, you know, they do not cause black young black men to kill each other by being racist because the stats are out and cops aren't racist. Next up, this hasn't been proven, but the cops pulling back, you know, because they've been falsely accused of racism, is not causing young black men to kill each other either. Now, there may be a perception, so that would be a perception from the media, or it may just be something we don't know exactly. Well, I mean, it, it all coincides exactly with Black Lives Matter. It's not the pandemic, because the pandemic went on for two or three months before Black Lives Matter, you know, before May, and uh, so the pandemic didn't start it, but uh, May 2020 did start it. So the cops didn't start it by being racist. The cops didn't do it by pulling back. It coincides exactly with Black Lives Matter. And I would say that, you know, Black Lives Matter also coincides with the media. And so I just want to get that out there before other people come to the realization of what I'm talking about. That way I can be the first person. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye. So one thing I should add about the cops not being racist is that they've done some studies and there's some evidence that cops are rougher with black people. Like they don't kill them as they don't kill them disproportionate but they maybe are rougher with them disproportionate like maybe uh you know slam up slam them up against a wall or maybe you know throw them roughly into the squad car or something like that and whatever i don't think that proves that they're racist either uh but it's definitely something you should something you should know if you're ever getting in a debate someone might bring that up you might want to bring it up before they do, because that part is true. I think it's Roland Fryer, I think is his name, who who did the studies. And he's like, he thought he was going to get that uh, cops are killing black people like crazy. And obviously he found out they weren't. Uh, but he did find that the cops are a little rougher. Now, my opinion on that is probably... I try to look this up. Like, you know, what is the percentage of resisting arrest by race? And so I couldn't find that, but... I think if you resist arrest, you're probably going to get roughed up. I mean, you know, whoever you are. So, I don't know if that was taken into account. Maybe it was. Alright, but just want to keep things honest here. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.